It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had as much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart. Oh, baby, what a week. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. It's CEO week. The USGA makes news by announcing a new leader. And on the show today, we have the CEO of Junior Golf. There's a paradigm shift going on. Folks, you can't stop it. So get on board. Today's train is about to leave the station. Let's go. starting blocks this afternoon there mr wade weezer how are you on this fabulous friday afternoon fine my back is not hurting at all from the snow it's not yeah i know it, the, the accumulation here in central jersey is just uh it's it's a little much at this point i feel like i'm on the up of michigan or something like that it's it's getting to be enough enough's enough it's, it's 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 making it even for the last few years we got off our very really easy last two years well, you know, before I get on to a rant about something, um, I, I wanted to give a big shout out to the team at NASA because, you know, when someone comes to you with a project initiative and they say, hey, you know, Wade, can we do something that's about 300 million miles away and it's going to cost $2.7 billion? Do you green light that project or how do you feel about that? I would probably need a little more information. Yeah, just a little bit, right? I mean, unbelievable. And congratulations to just, you know, the world of innovation and the fact that, you know, after years of putting this project together, that NASA was able to land that car on, um, not the car, Perseverance, you know, on Mars yesterday. And uh, just, a, just a really, really cool thing, I think. And looking at pictures already. I mean, it's amazing. How crazy it's amazing. is that? Well, it wasn't yesterday. I guess it was Wednesday. Right, 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 Wednesday afternoon. But we're finally seeing the pictures because, you know, you want to talk about dial-up service. I think the, the pictures come through like 12 hours later or something Which like that. Which is pretty good. It's Mars. <laughs> yeah, 293 million miles away. Uh, we're going to land you at 12,000 miles an hour. You know, you're going to hop on that plane? I'll, I'll, I'll wait, maybe take the, uh, you know, 10th or 12,000th trip. Yeah. Now, now speaking of speed. Right. And I said I mentioned a second ago I was going to get on a rant, but I think there's another effect to covid that's going on in the world. Is it me or it seems like every time you're on the road that people don't know how to drive anymore? Yeah, I mean, one could argue that's been going on well before covid. But yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, it's I every time I get in the car and I was coming to the station this afternoon and it happened three different occasions, like on three different turns as I'm heading over to the station. I got I got behind a car that was doing like. 10, at least 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess I have this theory then is that for, you know, for folks that um, are trying to figure out how to get back to the roadways here in New Jersey, you know, there's not enough flow of traffic in order to keep up their speed or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's driving me a little bit nuts, but anyway, uh, and so I digress. It's okay. Hey, let's talk about our guest today, because this guy is going to have us all fired up. His name is Gavin Parker, and Gavin is the CEO of Junior Golf, as I mentioned in the opening. Uh, he is the director of instruction down at Salisbury Country Club near Richmond, Virginia, and he is a motivational speaker. He's a mentor. Uh, this guy is just an unbelievable personality. Uh, he's been on the show before a couple of years ago, but you know we needed a little shot in the arm for February, so we're going to have him on this afternoon. He'll be on in about five, 10 minutes, and I can't wait to bring him 
back. I know he's fired up. He's he's probably you know doing. 600 sit-ups right now just getting just getting ready to wow. you know to talk to us it's like 600 more than i could do you know yeah, yeah no kidding that's for sure um speaking of hard work uh the players out at the genesis which is played at famous riviera country club um they're finding out that golf is hard you know I, we have basically eight of the top 10 players in the world out there and a, a couple guys went deep i mean sam burns is your leader at 7 under 64 and they are out there in the middle of the second round this afternoon matt Fit, matt fitzpatrick and max homa the twitter personality were behind them at the end of round 1 at minus 5 a little 66 at a par 71 but the the best in the world someone like you know bryson who shot 75 yesterday four over or even jt who was six over at 77 Rory, 73, two over. Um, they struggled a little bit because it's a tough golf course. Uh, I like the looks of DJ opening with a 68. Defending champs, Adam Scott at 69. But the, one of the best stories, I think, coming out of yesterday's first round was Willie Mack third. Now, Willie Mack third comes off of the APGA, all right, Ken Bentley's tour that we spoke to back in January. And Willie Mack is the Charlie Sifford exemption recipient from Tiger Woods here at the Genesis Invitational. And he shot one under 70 yesterday. So coming off the mini tours, he comes out with a little one under 70. And I'm pretty excited about that for him because that's a huge step in his life. There's a great story on Golf Channel written by uh, Brentley Romine that was it was fantastic this week. So check that out and his story. And, you know, hopefully he continues to play well, makes the cut and gets into the weekend. Just a, just a fabulous story there coming out of the APGA. Willie Mack, the third tied for 34th after round one. Great spot. And you know what else is a great spot? And I'm excited. And, and I'm not just excited in a Gavin Parker sort of way, and you'll figure out what that is in a moment there, Mr. Wade Weezer. Okay. But I am excited because after about 45 days, my vision has come to reality. Mike Wan is now the CEO of the USGA. And this is a big deal because since the moment we mentioned that he was leaving the LPGA, everyone said in the media, in the golf world, that wouldn't it be great with the opening that's coming at the USGA that Mike Wan jumped in there? Well, I think the first person who had that idea was Stu Francis. And he got that idea about four years ago. And when asked about why Mike Wan was his choice, he comes up and he says, Mike Wan is a successful and transformative leader, not only in golf, but in everything he's done. And then he goes on to tell a story that about four years ago in Washington, D.C., he went to a presentation that he was part of as the executive committee of the USGA, and Mike Wan was the one that gave the presentation. So folks, if you don't think that everything you do matters and you never know when you're going to cross the paths of the right people, then you're just not paying attention because Mike Wan gave that his all as he does with everything throughout his entire career. And it caught the attention. And at that moment, somebody like Stu Francis, who ended up being now the president of the USGA and the head of the selection committee, he kind of knew that at some point, Mike Davis, who was his current CEO at that time, you know, his tenure was going to run short and he was at one point going to move on. Well, in the back of his mind, four years ago, he had this notion that we have a very well-prepared candidate and someone that we'd like to watch and see how this gentleman grows. Well, Mike Wan has grown into that leader and is going to be one of the greater leaders in golf. And if you look at his history, you know, starting out in the late 80s, Wilson Golf, TaylorMade, then he went over to hockey. He's been a sports guy. And then he goes to the LPGA. 
He grows the LPGA. I mean, think about these stats. He moved them from 24 tournaments to 34 events in a year. He took their purses from 41 million to 76 million, and he brought them from 125 hours of TV coverage to over 500 hours of TV coverage. I mean, that's just amazing in and of itself. And what I love about this guy is his mentality when it comes to golf. And I've been saying this for weeks uh, till I'm blue in the face. And that is we all need to collaborate in golf. The allied associations need to come together. Well, here's one of his quotes. Preserve the game. I will preserve the game after I promote it. And I love that. And think about that, folks, right? Doesn't mean he's not all for the rules. Doesn't mean he's not all for the traditions, folks. But at this moment in time, golf is more popular than it has ever been. And this guy is all about pushing it further and about doing the things to promote it. And along the way, we may not preserve every minute detail, but you know what, though? In promoting it, we will innovate. We will make it better. And as far as the director of fun is concerned, he had me at hello when he says something like that. Because I look at some of his challenges that are laid out in front of it, making his championships more relevant to the professional and to the and the high-level amateur players. He needs to become an active recruiter in bringing more people into golf, whether they be PGA professionals, but careers in golf. A more diverse audience, a more inclusive audience, a more equity audience. And one of the other things is that he needs to continue to push innovation. And I love the way he answered the whole distance report that the USGA has been on. And I love the way that he said, you know, this needs to be a collaborative effort. We need to talk to the David Abelys of TaylorMade and the Solheims of Ping. And I think it's pretty cool. And I think it's really cool what he's also done with the LPGA in growing the women's game. I mean, he took a program like Girls Golf and grew it from 5,000 to over 90,000 during his tenure. I mean, this guy, in the words of Mike Davis, the man that is leaving, his predecessor, Mike Wan is all about collaborative partnerships. He's at the perfect time in his career to be the eighth CEO of the USGA. Just so happens he was the eighth commissioner of the LPGA. I think we know what's coming, folks, and I think I'm pretty excited about the whole thing. I can't wait to see how this all plays out, but one thing's for sure, golf is in a very good place to start with in 2021, and now it's in an even better place thanks to people like Stu Francis and the other folks over there at the USGA for making a great decision on the benefit of the game. And you know, there's another group that makes great decisions, and that's one of our sponsors. That's the New Jersey Golf Foundation. You know, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting the lives and communities through the game of golf. Did you know the NJGF offers two annual scholarships, the Peter Famiano Memorial Scholarship and the Bruce Lieberman Memorial Scholarship? Each scholarship is open to all seniors in high school who will be attending college, offering $2,500 a year with a maximum of $10,000. To apply for these scholarships or more information, please visit the New Jersey Golf Foundation website at NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call us at 732-465-1212. Folks, it is CEO week here on the Pro Show. We truly have an inspirational guest coming up. I know I say that a lot, but oh boy, hopefully I can rein this guy in because his energy will just, it will just resonate through the microphone and I can't wait to have him on. 
So without further ado, it's 3.12 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with golf's most motivational ambassador, Gavin Parker. He's back. What we have just witnessed is the most unprofessional act that I can ever remember seeing in professional sports, and I've been covering this stuff for 30 years. Mike Greenberg. He is better than advertised. If this kid stays healthy, he is well on his way to being one of the best and one of the most unique players this league has seen in a very long time. Greeny. Every weekday starting at noon on the new 920 ESPN. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. She was walking in the street, looked up and noticed he was nameless. He you was know, the world is full of 7 billion people, and there's not many who make an impact like today's guest. Yes, the world is full of leaders, but in the case of Gavin Parker, few present such an innate ability to inspire. Honestly, folks, this upcoming interview will move you. So buckle up and enjoy. Alicia, give Gavin a proper entrance. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own So I sing a song for the hustlers Trading at the bus stop Single mothers waiting on a check to come Young teachers, student doctors Sons on the front line Knowing they don't get to run Wait, I love that vibe, man. And it matches our guest today wholeheartedly. I think about that line right there where they, where Alicia goes, They said I would never make it, but I was built to break the mold. The only dream that I've been chasing is my own. And I, that's Alicia Keys' words, but it could be the forward to Gavin Parker's story. Gavin, I know you're on the line there, man. Welcome to the pro show. How are you today? Man, if I was doing any better, I'd be you, Keith. Oh, jeez. We're, <laughs> we're going to start like that, huh? That's how it's going to be today. All right. Well, you know, then we're going to get right into it. You know, I know one of the things that fascinates me most about you is that you are a motivational speaker. So we're going we're gonna to start off by giving you a dream case scenario, all right? If you could give a talk to any audience, who would you most like to give a speech to? Oh, I want to give a speech to like the, oh man, like the current class of 2021, like undergrads, um, like if I could, like any, any institution, any university, like just the undergrad class, just coming battling, um, through COVID, so like having your junior year, you know, ba- basically all virtual, and then your entire senior year to have it all virtual, and then I would just love to just touch base with them and let them know that, man, this has been so good for them. They probably don't want to hear that right now because of, you know, they didn't get to have their ideal college experience the way they wanted, but that probably allowed them to pivot and to work on some skills they never thought they would have and to now know that, man, if you can go through your entire college experience, your senior year virtual what really else could be in your way? And I would love to start there and just talk to their class or any class of 2021 undergrad and just let them know that how fortunate they really had it and that, you know, if they could make it through COVID, 
on a virtual reality experience, I mean, the workforce, life, grad school, whatever it is, is, is nothing for them. So they'll be ready to go. I love that idea. And you know what? I'm going to pen an email this afternoon after this show and uh, straight to Princeton University as, you know, I've got some friends across the street over there um, from back in my days at Springdale Golf Club. And uh, I think that you would be the perfect person to fill in there and g- give one of those um, commencement addresses. And, uh, you know, I, I love that answer. That's awesome, man. You know what? You know what? That inspires me to ask you another question. And I know we're going to have a lot of fun this Ooh. afternoon. And, and, <laughs> and it's been a big week for golf. And you are such a wonderful young leadership voice in golf. But let's imagine, let's have some real fun this afternoon. Let's imagine instead of Mike Wan, the USGA announced you as the new CEO this week, right? What's your 100-day plan to try to transform, wow. to try to transform their brand and that institution in golf? Well, first thing I'm doing is I am one bringing more diversity to the game of golf, more inclusion to the leadership positions within the USGA. Um, the second thing I'm then going to do is really try to harp on and segment and get the golf and make it shorter, you know, passing a 12 course um, legislative with, with whether it's handicap systems or something like that. I'm then diving in and looking into the game design industry, the toy, the video game, any outdoor hobby sports industry that quantify play that quantify games and that quantify fun and then start employing um, USGA foundations, any facility across the country to have ambassadors of play, to have ambassadors of people who really understand how to create games, because how else are we going to grow this game of golf unless we start changing something? Golf was created in the 1700s. The same conventions in the 1700s are kind of the same golf motifs today in the 21st century, yet every other industry is, prime for disruption it's prime to be moved and then prime to be changed yet the, the, the golf the standard of golf hasn't really changed much so my first 100 days is what can we do to actually make golf way more enjoyable truly make golf accessible in order to make it accessible in order to make it um you know uh different we would have to kind of change the framework and the molds and the goalposts of what traditional golf programs are like and really go into using, hey, we got a stick in one hand, a ball in the other, and we're going to hit it, and we can map meaning to it any way we wish. So instead of going out and having to enter a scorecard or be on a golf course or have some type of performance associated with it, why can't we just go out and hit a stick and hit a ball and call that golf? Isn't it amazing how timing works out in life? Because <laughs> of all things now, you know that you know. I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago and said, hey, this particular week, I'd love to have you on the show. I'd love to talk about you know your motivational speaking, and I'd love to talk about you as a junior golf leader, as a golf leader, as all of these things. And it ends up being the week that the USGA makes this major innovative announcement to hire somebody that, that breaks the mold like Mike Wan. You know, and, and folks, if you're wondering who we're talking to, we're talking to Gavin Parker. And Gavin is, he's a teacher. He's a coach. He's a motivational speaker. He's a businessman. He's a mentor. He's a researcher. I mean, this guy is, he is a trailblazer in every sense of the word. And as I go through that whole list, right, you wear a lot of hats. And, and I, and I want to get to know Gavin Parker, the man. So how do you balance all of these sides of your personality? Ooh. So I would say I start off every day the same way and I, I end the day the same way. You know, I'm just the type of guy who, you know, I'm going to have a couple, couple, uh, more than one cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm the type of guy who calls his mom every day. I'm the type of guy who loves his sister. 
But more importantly, man, I'm just the guy that instills enthusiasm and joy into every single thing that I do. I'm just fortunate enough to have a passion, and that passion is taking a stick and taking a ball and hitting it, and it's allowed me to like make a living off of it. But my purpose, I really thank Keith, is my purpose is to allow everyone to be themselves, to experience joy. So when it comes to my balance, man, it really is a routine for me. I find myself you know, journaling a little bit when I first wake up. I go to the gym to just get some exercise to get all my energy out because if I don't, I'm going nuts all day. And then I just, I literally flow, man, the rest of the day, man. I, I live my life, you know, minute by minute, moment by moment. And, I tr- and I'm training to be as present as I can be. So that, 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 that is um, a lot of breathing, um, a lot of just being still, a lot of being calm. And it, it has been years and years and years of um, just my, my parents and my, 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 my family cultivating the ability to just be yourself and to never let anyone take your joy. And to um, march your own beat, man. So when it comes to balance, like I'm human, so obviously I struggle like everyone else. I have bad days, but I just remind myself that is um, I have a lot to be grateful for. And um, be, taking the time in the morning to just jot down what I'm grateful for, and then in the afternoon when I'm right before I'm going to bed to kind of jot down um, what made today meaningful. That allows me to stay more present. That allows me to just rebalance myself and realign and uh, to get back in bed and recharge and uh, do it all again the next day. You know, you and I met about six years ago, and one of the reasons that, you know, we share a similar mindset and that, you know, I love to consume a ton of leadership content. And I love to look at those that, those that are very successful. And when you start to talk about the Bob Igers and, you know, whatever realm it may be, it could be Jimmy Fallon in, in, in his vertical, but they all have routines, Right. And routine plays such an important part. I have my routine. You have your routine and you've done it for years after years. And when you look back at it, you know, I remember talking to Will Ahmed about a month ago here on the show. And he just said, you know, you can't think think of things just day by day. Put your head down, do a good job. And then you find that after a decade, you know, you've created something pretty substantial and you've created something pretty substantial. But what I think about is that was this always in your head? where you were going because you went down a pretty conventional path in golf. I mean, you went to Campbell university, you were a PGM graduate, you, you know, you were a PGA member by the day that you graduate, you know, you were on this kind of a very traditional path in golf. And now you are anything but traditional, you know, in a very respectful way, but you are definitely a disruptor and one that I love. Was there something that happened along the way recently, or has this been building over time? I, I wonder how you built this routine to get to where you are now. Wow. Keith, this is a deep one, baby. So I would say it started off. Um, my father always wanted me to be a golf instructor. My, my father wanted me to be a golf professional. My father wanted me to be a teacher. And I was like, you know what? I kind of had an affinity towards golf. By no means I was ever like going to go pro or the best golfer ever, Keith. That's just not true. I've always just kind of been, you know, if I shoot 75, I'm playing great. Um, and uh, my dad passed away in uh, 2019, and I was kind of lost. You know, I was just, you know, I made it everywhere and just kind of appeasing him. So I taught a lot of lessons. And I'll never forget, I went to um, the World Putting Conference in October of 2019, David Orr's. And there was like 25 putting experts all throughout the world. And David Orr asked myself and two other, uh, one of my roommates from college, Andrew Brewer, to attend. So we were the only Americans. And we're having dinner one night, Keith. 
And, you know, when you're having dinner of all, you know, you know how our industry is. When you're having dinner with people in our realm, everyone's got to go around the room and kind of do like a value demonstration of what qualifies you to be in this room. And it was my turn to speak. And I spoke up. And you know me, Keith. Like, I'm not very shy. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm the best. I, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm the best junior golf coach in the world. And all these guys look at me and they're like, no, you're not, bro. Like, you have no tour players. You have no collegiate athletes. Shoot, I don't even know who you are. What What do you mean you're the best? And I say, guys, I'm not the best because of some um, some ends, some 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 traits. Uh, you know, I'm not the best because I don't have the best players. And where I'm the best because I can create an affinity and a connection and a relationship to all kids. And what makes me the best is my ability to see them for who they are. Um, I meet them on their level, and I'm truly kids first. Like I'm here for them. And they were, like, kind of laughing at me and joking at me. And I remember after that dinner, I was like, this is crazy. And one of the guys who was in the room, his name Cedric Denny. He created this app called Spider Puss. He says, Gavin, you need to call a guy by the name of Richard Franklin. Richard Franklin's the best junior golf coach in the world. You just need to call Richard Franklin, man. You need to call Richard Franklin. And I was like, who the heck is Richard Franklin? And I got back to the States, and I called this guy named Richard Franklin. And we talked on the phone for, like, two hours. And Richard Franklin basically... Uh, laid out the pathway of everything I've already been experiencing going through my traditional route of golf. Meaning when I co- coached my juniors, man, none of them ever, not want to say none of them, but most of them just wanted to be in my vicinity. They wanted to be in my presence. It was never about getting better at golf or improving or playing high school golf. They just wanted to enjoy themselves. They wanted to have fun. They want, then I knew when we were playing, they were having fun. And I know that through they were playing, they were learning, but my, my issue was I was just doing it by sheer brute force, man, just being young and being energetic. Where Richard Franklin showed me the art and he showed me um, the toy industry, the board game industry, um, the video game industry. And uh, this industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And he showed me that through games, um, you can create games where the outcomes are not solely predicated on who has the most physical dexterity, meaning who can hit the ball the farthest who can make the most putts or who can, who, you know, who can, who can hit the chip, the ball, the most up and down, you know, where his games were real games that had, you know, resource management were the ways that you won. Um, they were random, different player interactions. And um, I went up to Chicago and met with Richard and we basically just wrapped and talked for a while and just realized that, Hey man, we have an opportunity right now that uh, the golf industry needs, especially junior golf golfer, uh, junior golf industries that, that we can really move the needle and kind of make some noise and disrupt the status quo. So uh, I would say it was December 7th, 2019, where I, I saw it and I saw the writing on the wall and I saw that, you know, um, we can actually create fun and funds the anticipation of a reward. And every single human being experiences fun differently, Keith, where so many people in the golf industry are looking at fun as just the ends. They don't look at it as the means where they don't understand that fun for some people could be hitting a ball, but some people for fun could be a part of a group. Some people's fun can be how they stylize their play, meaning that when you're with me at Salisbury Country Club, I don't call it golf, I call it G. And when we play, this is how we play here. So that could be fun, how fun can be mapping meaning to more than just hitting a ball. It could be mapping meaning to how you feel about yourself going into this moment where, you know, it's up to you to hit the last shot in King Putt. And now you're nervous, Keith. And now you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm nervous. Does that mean I'm a nervous person? Wow. Look at myself. And now you're using a stick and a ball to learn um, emotional intelligence. You're learning to embrace yourself. You're learning that play 
to be the conduit for learning, man. And learning's fun, Keith. So that's where it started. So then down the traditional path, I now have an opportunity looking the way I do, being a PGA member, being articulate, being able to communicate, being able to present my message on social media. So now I stand out into a crowd because not everyone looks like me. So then now I can hopefully show the golf industry that it could be way more than just getting kids better at golf. It could be way more than just improving scores. Golf can be about triumph. Golf can be about wonderment. Golf can be about charisma. Golf can be about building friendships. Golf can be uh, a way that we can unite all walks of life and go now taking a stick and taking a ball to map more meaning to it than to just um, look at it through the lens of progress and getting better. Um, golf deserves so much more. And then now this is, can be something that anybody can do, all walks of life, all kids, all demographics, not just the kids who can afford it, the kids who can get better. And um, so I would say that's, that's the moment that it changed, that, hey, um, there's a difference between knowing the path and walking the path, man. And now I'm just walking it, Keith. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm waking up every moment, um, waking up every minute, um, excuse me, waking up every morning trying to educate myself on the rhetorics of play, on the ambiguity of play, on game design, on what fun is and the neuroscience of fun and how to map meaning to uh, environment so that everyone can do it for the rest of their lives, man. It's, it's just so much fun. Hey, hey man, I'm the director of fun. You know, I, <laughs> I, I know where you're coming from. And as I dig into this and I, and I love to talk to people like you, because in, in this world of COVID and all that, everything else that's going on, you are out there spreading positivity and I know you call yourself the CEO of Junior Golf, but honestly, man, I mean, you are you are the CEO of, you know, life exemplified when you look at the positive side of the world and you just take it and you run with it. And folks, if you're wondering who we're talking to, we're talking to Gavin Parker and Gavin, my next question that pops into my head is that you obviously get a lot of inspiration from Richard Franklin and people within golf, David Orr, some of your mentors, but give me a sample of something that gives you inspiration outside of the golf vertical. Wow. Oh man. Oh man. Um, Come on it's now. That's just one thing. It's a combination of things. I would say it starts off with my mommy. Uh, my mom's a 22 year breast cancer survivor. My mom lost her husband her father and her older brother in the span of six months. And I watched my mom wake up every morning, just so grateful to be alive. So grateful to have um, a home, so grateful to have a job. And she is just the epitome of inspiration, man. Like I cannot imagine what it is to lose uh, her father, let alone her brother, let alone her husband. Oh, six months. Oh, and, and like still be able to, you know, be a 21 year breast cancer survivor. She's everything. So I get most of my inspiration from her, but then it stems to like my aunt. My aunt is the COO of, um, uh, whatever the accountant firm for the government. I think I forget what they call it, GIO or GIO. Like so she's just amazing. Just so well versed. And then I surround myself, um, with a familia, um, at, at my CrossFit gym where the, I go to this gym class at 6 a.m. I've been going for the last year. I go every Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. And I'm the youngest one in this room by probably nine years. And I, I work out every morning with surgeons, with a DEA agent, with pilots, with um, real estate moguls, with moms, with teachers, with professors, with nurses, with, with um, just 
people who 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 are Batman, dude. Like they're no Robins, bro. Like I I, sur- I am just so blessed and so fortunate to be in an environment where I'm watching people who are at the top of their craft day in and day out. I'm watching people who constantly have this, who want to get better and want to improve and who do not settle for good enough. Um, so I'm so blessed and so grateful to wake up and just be able to see greatness and surround myself with it. And it's, um, I'm just so blessed to be, um, myself and to be in this room and to be who I am. And, um, it's, it's just what a time to be alive, Keith. You know, we're blessed to have you this afternoon and your message. And, and, and that's a cool one there because so many people, they look far and wide for inspiration. And I think the important aspect of what you said right there is that we can get a lot of inspiration close to home if we just pay attention mm. and we don't take things for granted. And I'm certainly not taking the time I have with you for granted. But you know what? I'm going to give the CEO a quick break here. You can catch your breath, take a drink. And uh I'm going to take a quick break. But you know what, folks? Up next more with the infectious Gavin Parker. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Alicia, take us out. Keyshawn Johnson. Any quarterback that played underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Subin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. You got a great voice for radio. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I I get a lot of that, too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. This is Keith Stewart, your host of the pro show. Welcome back to our conversation with CEO Gavin Parker. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Hit the beat, Wade. I've been moving calm, don't start no trouble with me. Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me Don't pull up at 6 a.m. to cuddle with me You know how I like it when you loving on me I don't want to die for them to miss me You know there's a beat, a vibe with today's guest If you don't believe me, check out his TikTok Trust me, it's not the music that will have you fired up Give it to him, Wade God's plan, God's plan I hold back sometimes I won't, yeah. I feel good sometimes I don't. Hey. All right, G. We have you fired up on this Friday afternoon, man. Oh, yeah. I'm loving God's plan, baby. <laughs> I just love my bed and my mama. I'm sorry. Well, you know, it, I, I think that Wade was listening to your little inspirational um, mom take about, you know, five minutes ago there. And he uh, he threw that in there for you. So you definitely grabbed the right lyric out of that song. But, you know, when I, when I think about you and I see you online, you know, you are like you're a pop culture superstar in my mind. Right. Not just a golf instructor, not just a motivational speaker, but I mean, you are a pop culture superstar and, and maybe.
maybe you're not at Drake's level right now, but you're definitely an anthem guy. You know, you fire people up. So, you know, like every time, you know, I turn on my phone and I look and I see you on there on Instagram or something, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's like this, this song goes off in my head. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. And every time I see in the building, everybody's hands go up. And they stay there. And they stay there. There you go, my friend Gavin Parker. You know, it's a pleasure having you on here this afternoon. And I know in the first half there of your interview, we talked a lot about transformative change in junior golf, right? And you are a transformative leader. And I want to dive into that a little bit more because there are a lot of PGA professionals and golf leaders that listen to this show. After all, it is the pro show, right? And I want to talk more about your, I mean, man, you have a PhD in the gamification of golf and you need to spread some of these best practices. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on today was that we need to talk more about what you're doing in order to teach the game. So start to break it down for me. You know, how did you begin to see what you're doing now in junior golf and kind of take me through what it is, the process that you use in order to try to really get kids engaged? Wow. I love it. So the first place it started in 2016, March 1st, 2016, I went to the op 36 training and that was the first time I ever heard of um, gamification. And then I quickly became obsessed with the term gamification. And then the more and more I started studying gamification in games, I really, I learned that gamification is just a shallow piece of the word games where gamification is basically just points, badges, and leaderboards where that's not even that that's like a tenth of what games really can be. So then after that, I started studying how to actually create and design games. And then that basically gave into four basic design principles, meaning in order to make a game, you need to first, first, first create a series of meaningful choices where in our golf industry, we don't really give kids enough choices. We give them tasks, meaning Here is a piece of yarn. Putt to the piece of yarn. Excellent. Now putt as close to the piece of yarn without hitting the piece of yarn. Dude, that's a task, Keith. That's not a game. But yet in our industry, we keep calling it, oh, we got this putting game. No, it's not a game because, one, it didn't create a series of meaningful choices. The next thing about a game is a game has – you know, different resource management, meaning, you know, different hidden information, you know, instead of just, you, uh, there's got to be a reason to why we should want to put to the stringer yarn. Is it giving us, you know, health points? Isn't it giving us an opportunity to add more putts? What are, what is the reason to why I should be putting to the stringer this yarn? You know, like good games should be like difficult. They should be complicated. You know, tic-tac-toe is a game, but tic-tac-toe gets born after two minutes. Like good games have a series of meaningful choices. So in order to engage a kid, you need to make it interesting. You need to make it compelling. You need to capture their attention. Um, I'm sorry, having some noodles and some cones and a hula hoop around a hole, isn't going to capture any kid's attention. Are you kidding me? So I would say the first issue we need to look at is our industry is that we're all about, Oh, 
It's too complicated. It's not simple. No, that's not true. It's the 21st century. Most kids grew up with an iPhone, a, a cell phone, an a, 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 a iPad, YouTube, TikToks. Like kids are so used to opening something. They, they, their brains are wired for play. They've been completely immersed and submerged in this digital space forever. They're pretty smart. They don't want to sit here and have somebody in a khaki shirt and polo say, hey, Johnny, this is how you hold the club. Man, get the heck out of here. Like, that's the last thing kids want. No, no wonder most kids don't want to play. I know that all kids, when it comes to uh, coming to their attention, some kids want to shoot pars. Some kids want to have a badge. But all kids want to seek pleasure and avoid pain. For some reason in our industry, kids who want to come see me just because they don't want to go to soccer or kids who want to be a part of my group just because they're curious or kids who come see me because their parents get forced to drop them off. Those kids, their reasons for being and playing golf are just as valid as a kid who wants to be here to get better at golf. And if we're in the golf industry, if your junior golf program is solely catered to only getting kids better at golf, you're missing half the market, man. For every a hundred kids that I would see and I would say, Hey, just randomly, here's 100 kids, do you want to play golf? Keith, maybe two of them will be like, yeah. The other 98 are like, heck no. Why are those other 98, why don't they want to play golf? Because it's boring, because it's whack, because it's hard, because it's not, it's not enjoyable. None of their friends do it. So I must and we must as an industry, we must learn how to stylize play and to create a community identity around play and repurpose the goalposts of what golf can be stood for. When you look at my Instagram, when you look at my TikTok, shoot, when you watch my kids play golf, I am mapping more meaning to taking a stick and taking a ball and hitting it. I am looking at it as more along of like an outdoor hobby. It, it doesn't have to be golf per se. So if we're going to make kids more engaged into golf, we need to first understand and stop re and stop reverse engineering what the expert golfers are doing and start reverse engineering what play actually means, what play actually is for, what games are, and what fun is. And if we can reverse engineer those things, we might have a fighting chance with more kids. You watch TikTok and you watch PS5. Like the reason they are so powerful is because they are they are designed for what kids actually enjoy. And if you look at just like the, the generation and study in 2020, the most gift gift for Christmas was puzzles, Keith. It wasn't iPads. It wasn't video games. And coming out of COVID, the most popular gift for 7- to 11-year-old kids were still puzzles. The revenge of the analog is coming back, especially off of COVID. Kids are so overstimulized on being on screens. Golf this year has the biggest opportunity we've ever had in our life. There's no doubt. We're going to have more people playing golf ever this year than ever before. And if we keep doing it the same way we've been doing it since the 1700s, we're going to lose all these golfers, man. So I would challenge all of our people in our industry that are golf professionals, stop just saying gamification because that's such a shallow spec and a shallow lens of what golf is. And then also, unless you truly are a savant and know what play is for, you know what games are for, and you know what fun is. Stop using your, your putting to a cone game and, and stop using the word games and stop saying that your junior golf program is fun because you have some colored balls and you got some um, a golfzilla and you got a snag bucket and you got a track man and you got kids lining up and calling it fun. 
bro, that's not fun, man. That's fun from you looking at it from your adult, like, rhetoric lens, man. We need to look at it from kids and imagine if we're 11 years old, what can we do to map meaning to fun? Oh, and by the way, there's like eight different sensations of what fun could be. Fun isn't the same for every single human being, man. So, like, we need to really dive in and learn the same way that golf professionals dive in to learn wrist alignments and force plates and ground reaction forces and angular momentum and P2, P3, P4 and all that rhetoric. We need to spend that same time learning and studying and understanding what play is for, man. And, and there's like seven different rhetorics of play. And in, in our industry, we only are looking at the play through the lens of progress, meaning solely to develop. And we only look at that way, that lens of progress um, and it's not even enjoyable for most kids. If you look at everything that's going on here for junior golf, you hear the same four statements. Oh, grind, be better than the next kid. Um, hashtag grow the game, hashtag elite. But the issue with that, man, is like you're only going to cater and to the 1% of kids who want to be elite. And let's be real, how many kids are really going pro? How many Division One scholarships are really out there? And if I'm a 22-year-old golf professional assistant, and they're like, hey, you got to go run the junior program. Most of them look at it as a chore. They don't look at it as a choice because they don't understand kids. Where if you can really open up a program that empowers all kids, if that's truly what your goals are for, then align yourself with kids' values and start looking at them as a human being. You know, learning is abstract, Keith Stewart. You know, where, like, people try to act like, oh, I taught your kid grip. I taught your kid ball position. I taught your kid alignment. Like, there's some computer program, like, from the Matrix you're downloading it. That just because I, I said with words ball position, grip, and alignment doesn't mean your kid learned that, man, because learning's abstract. But what isn't abstract, what is actually structured and that has rules are games. Hey, man. Hey, you know, what I think is most interesting about what you're bringing to the table is that I think it resonates across all generations, what you're saying. I mean, I think, you know, I'm 47 years old and I would love to play more games when it comes to golf. I would love to listen to music while I play. You know, I already have the skill set that's necessary, but I want to add fun aspects to my golf all the time. And folks, if you're wondering who this passionate person is we're listening to, his name is Gavin Parker. And he calls himself the CEO of Junior Golf. But in my mind, he, he should really be the CEO of golf because his presentation today, and you got to rewind it back and you got to listen to this because the way that he sees his filter, his lens for golf is definitely one that I hope that Mike Wan shares at the USGA and everybody else at the PGA of America and all these all these different institutions in golf. I hope that they enjoy games as much as you do. Now, I know you to be a thoughtful person, and I know before you get out of this interview today that you expect for me to come at you with a little rapid-fire Q&A. But as somebody who has taken the TikTok world by storm, which has about zero golf footprint, you know I got to come at with you with something bigger and better than just a little simple rapid-fire Q&A. So we're going to put you to the test today. But I need a little intro music that um, kind of describes your way of life. All right, my friend. We're gonna call this. We're gonna call this the lottery game. All right, and folks, if you don't know what that song's from, then you're not on TikTok with half the planet. And you gotta understand something: that kids are there, that a lot of people are there, and there's some messaging going on there, and it's about fun, and it's about people 
learning about other people's ten- tendencies and being authentic. So I thought I would have a little fun with that song with you. And we're going to play the lottery game. You up for this? I can't wait. All right. Would you rather give an award-winning TED Talk or win the PGA Championship? Award-winning TED Talk. All right, then. How about this choice? Would you rather have super hearing or super sight? Ooh, super. Oh, my gosh. Super hearing. Would you rather find true love or a suitcase with $5 million in it? True love. Would you rather be stuck at age 20 or age 40? Oof. Oof. Oh, hey. Oh, man. Come on, man. You're a thoughtful person. I'm making you think. Uh, age 40. Would you rather travel to the future or the past? Future. Would you rather never be stuck in traffic again or never get a cold? Never be stuck in traffic. Would you rather be a successful inventor or a successful CEO? couple more would you rather not get a paper cut again or never bite your tongue again oh bite your tongue that's the worst (laughs) (laughs) all right one more for you would you rather give up golf or give up teaching golf all right my friend you have been honest you have been authentic and you have been amazing today i can't thank you enough for your inspiration Appreciate you, Gavin Parker, being here. You'll be part of my gratitude journal tonight for sure. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. Tell my man Wade, he killed it. <laughs> he, he, man, he, he loves inspiring our guests with his music. So I'm sure he appreciates that too. I'll talk to you soon, G, all right? All righty. Folks, it's 3.51 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with the weekly update. Tineo Gumake. Players who've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Tineo Gumake and Mike Golick Jr. are Tineo and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. St. Jude exceeds any expectation or any dream I could have ever had about a hospital. First was getting David here to save his life, but then I was told we wouldn't get a bill. I didn't quite process that. How's this possible? It's possible through all the wonderful people who donate. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. If you think about that, I mean, go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. The research here is research that we share with everyone else because overall, we want to help all children that have cancer. What makes that possible is people that give to St. Jude. They really help us to fulfill our mission, and we're so grateful to have them on our team. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Get ready for the back nine. As the pro show continues, once again, the director of fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the director of fun. And you're listening to ESPN 920 on a fabulous Friday afternoon. 
Listen anywhere at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. You just hit that Listen Now button. Stream us anywhere all over the globe. You can stay connected to the show through social media. That's at KJ Stewart DOF on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. You know I love making my posts. Speaking of posting, well, go for it, Joe. As we wrap up today's show, we got a couple more things to go over. But uh, Wade Weezer, you know, great choice right there because I think we're both feeling all right after talking to my man Gavin Parker. I mean, is is he just, you know, a, a bucket of inspiration or what, man? Oh, I wish I had half of the passion he has for anything in my life. <laughs> the passion he has for golf is astounding. He uh, he he is an amazing individual, and uh, any He's a chance- young man. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's probably 27, 28. Wow. That's great. Yeah. He graduated Campbell, a class of 2015. 28. I believe I was, uh, well, I was, that was, I was trying to do stuff when I was 28. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, um, I think he's learned a lot about routines and, and such. And, uh, speaking of routines, we should probably get into before we run out of time today, the pro show weekly update, which is brought to you by TaylorMade, our friends at TaylorMade, you know, first we changed the shape of the driver. Now we're changing the way they're constructed. Introducing the Sim 2, built differently around a forged aluminum ring. It's our longest and most forgiving driver ever. We designed it specifically for every golfer who would rather swing away than play it safe. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with all the new Sim 2 driver. Only from your friends at TaylorMade. Oh boy. Here we are. This is the Pro Show Weekly Update. Let's congratulate Daniel Berger with her win out at Pebble Beach. You know, he shot a double. He had two different eagles on Sunday, which led to a seven under 65, an eagle on the final hole, the 72nd hole to take the crown. And he's now won twice since the return from COVID. He won the first week there at Colonial way back in June, and he's won again. And uh, you know what? In unfortunate news, though, alongside his win at Pebble Beach and our congratulations, he had to withdraw from Riviera. This week in okay. the Genesis Invitational, which was sad news because he has a little back soreness. And I, I guess this in California, this gives new meaning to the term in and out burger. Oh, come oh, on. I'm sorry. Oh, here we go. Jeez. Jeez. All right. Wrong button. Oh, speaking of Pebble Beach, you know, they made some changes in the PGA Tour and they had some fun with the course setup this past weekend and they moved some tees up. You know, they took the par three fifth hole and they made it longer and then they took a long hole like number 10 and they made it much shorter about 130 yards shorter and what's interesting to me about that is that there's this whole talk about distance and the scores are still relative to what they should be for PGA Tour event and you know when you start to talk about the USGA and the distance report and this whole big conversation and this big negative news that surrounds it, um, I figured I would reach out to the USGA to see how they felt about the changing of the length of these holes as a way to combat distance. And uh, so when I asked the USGA for comment, as it applies to their distance report, they replied, did you hear that we hired Mike Wan this week? (laughs) 
<laughs> Speaking of good laughs, uh, did you hear that Phil Mickelson's setting up for a career in TV? I mean, this should be pretty good stuff because uh, Phil is as transparent as they come and uh, in a much more humorous way than, let's say, Johnny Miller for that uh, for that matter. But it, it, his agents and his business management team has come out and said, don't be surprised if you see Phil start to do some TV in the next 12 to 24 months. And uh, right away, people started comparing him to say, oh, he's going to be just as good as Tony Romo, you know, and, and I, I got to throw it out there and just say, I mean, he he might be even better than Tony Romo, because even though they both they both may end up being great commentators, there always be one thing that Phil has that Tony doesn't. And that's major wins. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> JT is a company man after all. Yes, that's just- like some of them were afraid to laugh at that one. <laughs> They should be. Should be very afraid. Uh, you know, Justin Thomas, right? He was uh, very much in the news with Ralph Lauren, and uh, now he's a company man after all. And uh, I go back to our friends at the Fried Egg and Will Knights, and he reported that, you know, Justin Thomas had made some commentary here this week at the Genesis, and he said, you know, companies have put billions of dollars, and I would say, I mean, I don't know that. I say maybe millions of dollars into the construction of golf balls and equipment and everything, and everyone knows that Thomas is a proud supporter of Titleist. And uh, so, you know, we did a little digging and uh, Wade Weezer's team. And we figured out that from uh, 2017 to 2019, Akushnet, which is Titleist's holding company, spent between 47 and 52 million on R&D. Um, that amounts to about three percent of their company's net sales. So I, I, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna hurt too much. So nice try there, JT. Now we made a big deal about Mike Wan leaving the LPGA and going to the USGA, and so as a result, starting in February here, uh, LPGA has hired the famed leadership advisory search team of Spencer Stewart. And they're going to work with them in order to find someone who can continue to build upon the Salon Foundation that Mike has built over the last decade at the LPGA. And they're committed to finding a leader who will preserve our unique culture and guide the association through its next chapter and its storied history. LPGA, I have two words for you. Susie Whaley. Look her up. Interviewer. Absolutely. She would be the perfect pick, just like Mike was at the USGA. All right. Wait, that one's supposed to be funny, wasn't it? No, no. That's just fine. That's just fine. Um, all right, one more. Here we go. Hockey on a golf course. We've got time for one more. Yes, this weekend, the NHL takes to the Edgewood Tahoe Resort to play their annual outdoor games, and they're going to do it on the 18th fairway on that famous setting that they've been there for three decades for the American Century Championship. You see it on NBC every year where the athletes go out and they play in a tournament and they hit shots all over the place. And some pitcher from baseball or kicker in football usually wins the thing like John Smoltz or something like that. But guess what? They we're going to do a little crossover synergy this week. And on Saturday, Colorado plays Vegas at 3 p.m. And on Sunday, Boston plays Philly at 2 p.m. in these nationally televised hockey games, which has been a very successful thing. But I love that they brought it to a golf course, which for me goes along with the theme of this year is that it's not only a cool way to promote both sports, but it just goes to show you how popular it is this year in 2021. It's a fantastic world to be in, this golf world, and I'm loving every minute of it. So, folks, that's your Pro Show update for the week ending February 19th, 2021. Now, before we go, we certainly have to thank TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. I'm excited about our guests for next week. We're going to have the equipment editors from Golf Digest with us. How about that there, Mr. Wade Weezer? Of course, thank you to you as I get a thumbs up from you. And most importantly, I want to give a big thumbs up to our listeners. Now, before I go, 
you know I'm going to leave you all with one brief thought about being authentic, just like our guest today, Gavin Parker. Genuine authority and true leadership come from knowing who you are and not pretending to be anything else. After all, the most important like you can earn is your own. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.